the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. Crazy days on Wall Street, right? One of the questions I'm getting right now is, how do you play it? Up, down, up, down. It's got a yo-yo, right? And it is kind of crazy. And uh, it depends on where you live. You live in Truckee or Tahoe, you're probably not paying attention to it. If you live in New York and work on Wall Street or in a financial firm... You're noticing it. So it comes down to, at this point in time, like, how do you want to play it? Um, And I think that's a big question. I'm not a short-term guy. Um, This show would have to sell something, like software that tells you when to buy or sell and try to say, don't you want to learn what Wall Street doesn't want you to know? I'm not that guy. I will never be that guy. But with that being said, um, I'm a long-term guy. I'm not a short-term guy. I'm not trying to be anything else. I enjoy looking at the markets and trying to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work for us Um, over time, looking for trends, looking for demographic shifts. The millennials and generation and, and the baby boomers are probably the most important to me. Generation X is in between the boomers and... Y, the millennials, and X is in like hyper-focused, save for retirement, you don't have much time left mode. So the boomers, their demographic shifts are where they're going to live and what sort of like sectors can they prop up now that they can no longer prop up what they used to in retail spending. So they're more pharmaceutical spending. So we're seeing a world of change going on right now. It's kind of interesting to me. Walmart talking about buying Humana so they can be a healthcare distributing. Like, whoa! Are you kidding me? I thought Walmart was a place where you used to go to get cheap stuff. And that was made in foreign markets. Whoa. And even that, like, I've not been in very many Walmarts in my life. I think I've been in one in Hawaii. Um, and I might have been in one somewhere else, but I'm not quite positive. It's just, it doesn't cross my path. It's not that I'm being snobby just doesn't cross my path. So Facebook's in the news these days about fake news. Intel's in the news about Apple saying, we're going to use our own semiconductors in 2020. Cisco is one of those old tech guys who's almost standing there laughing, going, ha, 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 you're all screwed. Uh, but then you can look at Amazon, and they seem to get the ire of the president. And that's interesting of note, because that shouldn't be happening the way it's happening. If, if it's as transparent as it looks it shouldn't be happening that way so spotify they've got a debut coming out today tesla uh, a debut ipo for spotify 
And it feels like the market's really been kind of yo-yo, where January was so good, February was so bad, um, March kind of a push. So the market's kind of interesting, in my opinion. Not like wildly, um, I'm not fascinated by the volatility. It's just volatility. It's stocks going up and down, right? So um, taking a look, you know, at, at blue chips and what's working, what's not working. Utilities had a big day yesterday, and that tells me, you know, there's a, a flight to safety, but then the next day it goes back up. Now, generally speaking, we're starting to break down, i.e., we're starting to move under the 200-day moving average, which means the, ter- the, the, the trend is now to break down instead of to, to hit that and bounce back. That's a little bit, it's a sign. I'm not sure what comedian used to do that, but there's your sign. The silver lining right now is, you know, the market seems to cut losses and then seems to rally back the next day. The S&P 500, you know, down 2.2% yesterday. That's, that's going to scare some people, right? So the, today the clouds part ways. Time to go grab your kites. You get a little bit of wind in the springtime, right? Let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Remember the when Disney films weren't very good? <laughs> oh, chitty chitty bing bang, chitty chitty bing bang. They weren't very good. And I'm the only one honest enough to tell you that. So the weakness that we're seeing, to me, seems to imply that we're going to break down and have a really good correction. You know, like a, not just 10% and bounce off that 10% quote-unquote correction level. Maybe we go 15, maybe we go 20, I don't know. Press reports remain littered with talk of trade war concerns. The news cycle hasn't changed much. Is Trump angry today or not? Political spin of NAFTA is out there. Eurozone kind of started to deflate or decelerate their growth in March. Are we worried? So right now, the understanding that the news cycle remains largely the same. So the volatility... I guess what you're saying is now we're waiting for earnings because we can look at the, the January, February, March. There's four quarters in a year, right? That's the first quarter. So in about April, you're going to start seeing some of these numbers come out. Mid-April, late April. And uh, we're going to see if the tax cuts worked. We're going to see if corporations have repatriated and announced big buybacks. We're going to see more and more. So we're now in the Missouri stock market, the show me market, because really the news is kind of staying the same. The sell-offs, you know, I I get a good feel from the response that I get from my TV bosses. I was here yesterday and uh, in television and right around 10, I'm like, you guys going to need me today? And they're like, nah, by 12, they're like, we need you. I'm like, really? Uh... Anyhow, a lot of backstabbing in the news game. I mean, you have to watch your back. A lot of backstabbing in the news game. So just keep that in mind. Um, Take a look. Take a look at what we have today as far as some stories that are kind of stories inside of stories. Um, Snap is in talks to set up shop in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Oh, snap. And uh, I don't have much of an opinion on that other than. Isn't it a great world we live in? Because that wasn't really a story 20 years ago. It would have been really a story then. Now it's not much of a story now. 
Tesla missed its Model 3 production target of 2,500 vehicles a week, but the stock popped up anyway. They showed numbers over 2,000, but they, those are recent numbers, and you just wonder, did they you know, go into 36-hour day mode to get those done, and do they panic to push them forward? Um, a lot of doubts right now on, on Tesla. It's a fascinating stock because it's 125, 150 points from its high. Key rate for banks has jumped the highest since the financial crisis. Anyhow, and anyway, do you ignore Trump's Amazon chatter and buy shares now? Do you look for a super bargain like a GE that may or may not be a value trap? It's a trap. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's a trap. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Tesla's in the news again today. It's been a pretty interesting time for them. Whether it's the (laughs) autopilot being on while a driver dies for the second time. They seem to be kind of disrespecting the government as far as turning over crash data. There's a lot going on right now. I'll be honest with you. Um, Taking a look at the markets, I wouldn't really... uh, Be careful what you say, be careful what you say. This is a pretty complicated market, so try not to get a gut feeling. I get emails from people who haven't really fleshed out what they really want to do yet in the next five years. and then, But yet they'll say, I think I should sell now. I know people who sold back in November of 2016 when Donald Trump was elected. Only to watch the market roll up, not break down. And they go, what should I do now? It's an interesting dilemma. I'm glad I don't have to make it myself. But the market to me has put in both a double top and a double bottom. But the momentum's on the downside. SP 500 dips below 200 day moving averages. Tech has kind of fallen apart. Big blue chip dividends has started to fall apart. Energy and utilities are working. And that's that. Another day, another attack by Donald Trump on Amazon. With that said, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, get a little financial planning perspective from the one, the only, Mr. Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Great. So you recently bought a house. What was that process like? Um, well, the, it was, so it was kind of a two-step process. Well, I'm looking for like credit stories, down payment, realtors, those kind of things. Well, yeah, I mean, I had an excellent realtor, and my story on that one was that we were involved in a actually a two-piece property, like 4.25 acres subject. It was already in two tax lots, and we're trying to go through all this feasibility study because one side we were going to develop, and, and it's a lot of work. When you're trying to deal with property, Yep. a lot of people think, oh, land always goes up, always goes up. Well, depending on where you are, you got to do wetland study. You got to do feasibility, and it usually costs somewhere between in the northwest where this piece was thirty-five thousand to ninety-five thousand per lot to develop. Okay. So to pencil that out with all the carrying costs and everything else, it's it's a chore and it's it's a process. And we were dealing with a seller that was kind of a old farmer boy. 
the weird side of libertarian. You know what I'm talking about? Like nobody from the county or the government can be on my property. Nice. Um, so it got to the point where he wouldn't let so the he, listen, he listens to Glenn Black. I don't even know if he. I think he's probably Glenn Black's probably too much of a sissy for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably it, too much of a sissy for this guy, but go ahead. Oh man, it was it was frustrating. Um, so I ended up dropping the deal just because it was like. Uh, it just too much. And it, it got to the point, is this guy an idiot? Is he an ignorant moron or is he hiding something? Okay. And when things don't feel right and you feel pressured to close or make any financial decision, you know, by a certain time frame, or you're going to lose the deal, walk away. If anybody ever comes to you and offers you an investment that, you know, this is a great deal, but you have to do this today because it's not going to offer you. It's going to be gone. Which in the Bay Area is the exact opposite. If you can get that deal before <laughs> anyone else can get that deal, you can do it now. You do no it. No doubt. Yeah. The, the way that the does selling have, market does it have yeah. uh, cancer in it. We, we don't care. We'll take it. <laughs> kind of thing. I'll lick the paint. And it's like, okay. Goodbye, yeah. me. But yeah. back to you. Yeah. And it's, anyways, long story short, turned out, um, found a much better spot. And as soon as we. Walked away from the deal two days later, and you know, happy with that that process. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it's it's. I did find a for sale by owner house, so I had a real estate agent that I was working with that was really, really good. Really did a ton of work, and so the for sale by owner property. I, you know, first thing I did was negotiate. Hey, I've been working with this person. You know, you need to bring her in courtesy to broker, get her a fee. You know, I would say that when you're Buying a house and trying to find the right house, working with a real estate agent is, is kind of key. If you're selling a house in a hot market, you know, sometimes you can do for sale by owner. Use an attorney, though, to do some of the paperwork, to deal with some of the um, issues. This 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 real estate agent did uh, above and beyond when it came to the first deal that we were looking at. Yeah. So she, you know, in terms of deadlines for feasibility, for financing, for all this other stuff, I mean, she was on top of it. So she earned her money for sure. From the for sale by owner side, how comfortable are you with that? Well, I've done two homes for sale by owner okay. in hot markets, um, and they worked out well. But I always had an attorney, so I still you know paid a couple thousand bucks in attorney's fees. But in that hot market where you knew what you could, you know, there's certain markets where you know here's I'm going to put it at the top line price, and here's what I'm willing to take for it. Right. Um, and there's already a ton of traffic in the area; people are already looking. Uh, if you're in a tougher market. Real estate agents typically will make their money, in my opinion, because you know they've they know how to market it. They know how to set it up in price. They know how to. You know, you know what I've learned about real estate agents? It's that they know other real estate agents who have buyers, right? So, like you, when I was looking for a home, I would look for a home for nine months, and my realtor got clued in on a house that was getting ready to be shown. She contacted me. She said, "Get your offer ready. Let's do it." We did it before it even showed. Yeah. You know, that was the goal of get it done before it even shows. That doesn't always happen, but that's what realtors know. Other realtors who have buyers and realtors who are selling know other realtors who are selling. It's an interesting little incestuous community. And when I say incestuous, I don't mean it bad. Yeah. I mean, they all know each other. They do. I mean, it's, I mean, they, they all do well. The good ones ones know how to network. So where I messed up at one point was walking into a place where, um, I wouldn't ask to see the house myself, so I'm talking to the the listing agent, and then I brought my my agent in later, and that gets a little contentious on the commission on you know whose client this really is. Right. So if you're going to work with an agent, always call the agent to go see the house. Don't call the number on the house. Good stuff. That's CFP Chad Burton. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 
So this is a truth. Where are the Bitcoin loyalists? Bitcoin and Ethereum just had their worst first quarter price performance in history. Bitcoin fell from $13,412 to a value of $6,928 in three months. It's a 48% decline. I'm not interested in Bitcoin yet. I want things to be a little more legit. It's a little bit more mature. Having faced the world a little bit more. They've had a tough time advertising with Google, Facebook, because Google and Facebook realize this is risky. And yet the emails that I get are, should I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? It's pretty fascinating to me. Anyway, I love you. Let's take a break. You can find me at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Always have seminars coming up. When I do, you can sign up at Rob Black Show and use the code radio25 to get in for free. If you've been to these events before, don't sign up. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. What's going on in these markets? Why is Gene Simmons on CNBC talking about Spotify? Why is the president apparently going after Amazon? Why? There's a lot of questions right now. What's going on with Europe? Are they starting to reflate or are they starting to decelerate? Are we in a late cycle bull market? What does a late cycle bull market mean? And if we knew that, why can't we act on that? Um, Easter Monday, believe it or not, big holiday in the UK and Australia, Canada, and most of Europe. People don't realize that. The employment report that came out on Friday was pretty important. Um, so a lot going on, um, you know, Spotify IPO, but it's not an IPO. Bitcoin starting to collapse. Um, we need answers. <laughs> Interest rates starting to move higher. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. It's been a couple weeks since we've talked to you, Mr. O'Hare. How are you? Hey, Robin, doing well. It's nice to be back with you. It's always good to chat. Um, hopefully you had a good Easter. You're rested and ready for the second quarter. First quarter, um, what a quarter. Um, big up in the stock market, big down in the stock market, and then volatility ensued in March. Uh, how would you look back at the first quarter and, and put some perspective on it? Yeah, well, I think what what we really saw uh, in the first quarter was um, the market, uh, this bull market was starting to question its its own mortality, so to speak, you know, as it was okay. confronted with some changes in its physiology, right? And what I'm driving at is that what it saw unfold in the first quarter uh, was, you know, uh, a Federal Reserve that is clearly operating with a tightening bias. It saw market rates move up. It saw trading volatility increase. Uh, it heard uh, 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 overtures of protectionism increase. Uh, and it, you know, took a step back and I think realized that after that really hot January start, uh, that the market had gotten ahead of itself, and with interest rates rising and the Federal Reserve operating with a tightening bias, uh, people got more contemplative about just how willing they are to pay up for every dollar of earnings. And so you've seen remarkably some multiple compression here, uh, even though uh, the earnings growth estimate, the first quarter earnings growth estimate, uh, went up considerably during the first quarter. Um, you know, according to FactSet, 
you know, at the end of December, you were looking for, um, the market was anticipating first quarter earnings growth of about, in the neighborhood of about 11%. We're now at uh, an estimate of just north of 17%. So you've seen a real uh, considerable increase uh, in the earnings growth estimate in the first quarter, um, and yet you've seen downward price action in the stock market. And I think what that reflects is just people uh, getting a uh, taking a better step, uh, taking a step back, kind of having a collective risk assessment, if you will, and trying to de-risk uh, in some of the very crowded areas and uh, de-risk in a, a stock market that looks to be facing some headwinds this year, particularly as it relates to what's going on with monetary policy. It's pretty interesting. It's um, drama after eight years plus of markets moving higher, almost unattended um, on their own. They did great. And then you get a little bit of volatility and people start to creep it out of the woodworks. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Um, That's what I'm seeing. So where are we realistically, in your opinion? Should we be raising cash in our portfolio a little bit? Should we just be looking at our allocations? Make sure that we have enough tech, not too much tech, enough defense, not too much defense, enough retail, not too much retail. Um, what what would you be doing if you weren't working at briefing.com? What would you be doing with your right. 401k? Yeah, well, you know, I do think you, you, you probably should be trying to um, rebalance in a way, if you will, if, you, okay. if you've been riding uh, these, you know, these big cap technology names uh, throughout the bull market. Um, you know the names like Alphabet and uh, um, Facebook. You know Apple names like that, um, and then you know Amazon.com always gets lumped into technology, but in fact it's in the consumer discretionary sector. Uh, but that's another one. You know it's just been uh, a, a, you know momentum favorite, and um, and I think you know more recently what we've seen here with the upset in the technology sector as uh, the news cycle has kind of turned against some of these big technology names on the specter of increased regulatory pressure coming down on them perhaps. Um, but, but it was a, an eye-opener for a lot of people, I think, that this contingent really was very you know, over-owned and quite crowded. And so um, with a lot of people moving in at a certain point, you get some uh, nerving price action when a lot of people move out at the same time as well. And kind of everyone's a little bit nervous about being left to hold the bag if they don't at least take some money off the table. Uh, And what's unique right now, though, is that even though you've seen uh, the technology sector sell off considerably over the last month. You haven't really seen a really uh, concerted rotation into other areas of the market uh, like you have in in, in past years. Uh, and again, I think that's a reflection of the market coming around to this notion that uh, it's you know it's reassessing the risk reward dynamic here as it anticipates an environment. Uh, um, you know, moving ahead that is likely to be accented with some rising interest rates, perhaps some rising inflation, uh, and maybe uh, a deceleration in the rate of earnings growth. That's not to say earnings growth can't still be good. It's just that it's, you know, perhaps maybe hitting its peak here. And again, that leads one to question just how willing they are to pay up for every dollar of earnings. So, so right now is an opportunity, I think, you know, to, to take a real good look at portfolios, see, you know, what has done extremely extremely well, you know, when you're sitting on huge gains, perhaps taking some money off in those areas, moving to cash probably for the time 
being here, but uh, but depending on your time horizon, um, you know that's going to dictate a lot of things. You know, I should point out here uh, that with this sell-off we've seen since the, the beginning of the year, uh, the forward 12-month PE multiple on the S&P 500 is now trading at a, a slight discount to the five-year historical average, um, which is really interesting. Um, and again, you know that multiple compression though does reflect some of these concerns about rising interest rates and and the the understanding that uh, that perhaps the easy money, uh, not perhaps, but really that the easy money has been made in this in this bull market. Okay, the easy money has been made in the bull market. We're not going to quote you, but we do want you to pull out your crystal ball. And someone asked me yesterday by email, should I buy a house? I want to get, no, no, he didn't say a buy house. He goes, I want to get six plus, six to 10% in the housing market for the next 10 years. Where should I buy? And he gave me two cities, and both were in California, and both of them are up probably 100% from the bottom um, back in 2006, 2008. And I'm, I'm like, you know, my opinion is five years in real estate's not an investment, it's a speculation. And, you know, you're welcome to do it, but, you know, um, I don't invest with thoughts of, you know, getting that good of a run going that much of the time. And um, is this bull market dead? Does this end badly? Does real estate end badly? Because we're seeing Bitcoin starting to end badly. We're seeing the market starting to break down from its 200-day moving average, which it's allowed to do. It's allowed to have a down year. But we're also starting to see, there's an article in USA Today about millennials chasing home prices at this point in time. And it just, to me, I don't have a gut instinct, but if I did, would that this is going to end badly nah, within reason, maybe a 15%, maybe a down year, maybe a sideways push, but not, you know, uh, not a disaster movie. We're not going to need the rock. We're not going to need Dwayne, the rock Johnson to get on a helicopter and save everyone who's ever invested, but it kind of feels that way. Right. Well, you know, it, it does Rob. And, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head here and pointing out that, um, You've had a, we've had a, a number of very good years in the stock market, certainly off the 2009 lows. So, um, you know, so when you when you hit this inflection point, you know, a modest decline feels a lot worse in the grand scheme of things than it really is. You know, the S and P 500 is down three percent for the year. Right, um, but you know, if someone's watching the day-to-day action this year, you might think it was down, you know, thirteen, fifteen percent. Um, now it's down ten percent off of its high, um, uh, but but really, I think people need just to take a step back and, and recognize that um, you know the, the market isn't falling apart here. Um, it's just it's correcting from an overbought situation and a very extended run of some really really good gains, and it you know. Uh, you know, like J.P. Morgan said, right? You, know, you never knew anyone go broke taking a profit, right? right. Uh, all of these gains that are just there on paper don't mean anything unless you do something with them, really. Um, and so there's an, there's an, a move right now to to take some profits out of a very um, uh, out of a market that's had a really great run for an extended period of time. But I think to get to the the real heart of your question, though, is that 
uh, everyone needs to take stock of you know the path of interest rates, right? That is ultimately going to dictate how things unfold here for for the equity market. If you get a spike in rates, um, you know that's going to lead to some some negative implications. Uh, if rates go up gradually as earnings growth remains pretty solid, then the market probably you know hangs in okay and bounces around in a you know in a channel, um, some good weeks, some bad weeks, but doesn't really fall apart. Uh, but ultimately, it's going to be the path of interest rates that that uh, determines when this bull market I think uh, comes to an end. And of course, the Federal Reserve is going to have a, a key hand and a key part in in, in helping in that determination. And then do we get a pro-business president or not? And lots going on. Thank you so much. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com joining me as he does. You can find him at Briefing.com. I start my day every day by reading his page one. The moment I see it hit my email, I'm like, I'm on it. Um, but it's also a website you can go and check out, Briefing.com. He does a weekend perspective. There's the big picture. There's the market view. There's the swing trader. There's story stocks. There's the bond reviews, the Fed briefings earnings calendars and much much more it's too much for me to even explain check it out briefing.com don't forget there's another hour of today's show to listen to find it now at kdow.biz or on the kdow radio app hello 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 how are you hello i'm rob black talking money investing and more trying to get you to retirement don't know if i'm always gonna be able to pull it off but i try Spotify's public debut today. It's a unicorn. Look, Daddy, a unicorn. It's magical. They pull in billions of dollars in revenue. They're worth billions of dollars, but they lose billions of dollars. And now they're selling that load of poop to the public and letting you own shares of the company. Sort of problem for me it's not it doesn't speak to me um i've seen a lot of companies come public and yes they are the best at what they do and yes someone like google or amazon should jump on them to stay relevant against apple for as long as possible maybe apple should jump on them although something tells me the government wouldn't like that but we're gonna watch that one play out and you don't have a lot of information on that one an 18-year-old won the lottery on her first try. Ain't that something? One in six million odds. And I guess that's why everyone plays. Now, an 18-year-old winning the lottery and deciding on the annuity option is different than a 65-year-old in poor health deciding on the lump sum or the annuity. So when you win the lottery, they, they say, okay, we're not going to pay you a million dollars. If you want it all right now, we're going to give you 600000 Read the rules. We're allowed to do that. Or if you want a million a year, they'll, they'll annuitize it for you. It's an interesting concept. Do you want to take a payout for life? Or do you want it all up front? And that goes with you, too, in other areas of investing, where if you work for the government or you work for a company and... You developed a 401k, a 403b, a 457, all investment vehicles, saving for retirement. Or if you have a lump sum pension payout, do you take it as a lump sum or do you put it into annuity? Or do you start saying, I'm going to need some of that money. So you put three years of it into an income kitty and you pay yourself income over the next three years from that and you invest the rest. So 
a lot going on there. I would take the annuity under the age of 40. I would take um, every year for the rest of my life, absolutely. Because I got a lot of life left. So, or would I take the upfront? And again, there's no right answer. That's the beauty of it. So, there is no right answer. So, other stories of note today, and again, you know, Elon Musk and Tesla. Tesla had a really bad march as people are starting to say, put up or shut up. Don't tell us. Show us. Show me the money. Tesla's reportedly urging workers to see how many Model 3s they can build in a week. In a pair of internal emails, Tesla's heads of engineering and production spell out measures designed to increase output to 300 or more Model 3s per day. So Tesla's urging workers to ramp up. The world is watching us closely to understand one thing. How many Model 3s can Tesla build in a week? That's good cheerleading, right? Ra ra ra, shish boom ba. Beat em, beat em. Auto sales likely rose in March. GM, Ford, Toyota increases their projected tolls. U.S. auto sales are a show of consumer confidence. And when they're a show of consumer confidence, uh, we spend a lot of money into an industry that generates, you know, not a lot of our economy, not as much as they used to, but it's still kind of nice to see. Within reason, I'm not a new car kind of guy. Well, let's put it this way. I wasn't a new car kind of guy until I got enough money that I could say, I don't need to ever work again. And I think that's important to know. A new car has a premium to it. New iPhone has a premium to it. A new house has a premium versus an existing home. How important is this stuff to you? I don't mind getting some things in life secondhand. Some things in life you don't want secondhand. You don't want secondhand chewed broccoli. That's disgusting. You want fresh, brand new broccoli. But I'm not. I'm not against buying someone's bicycle, mountain bike from them. So you can get a heck of a deal comparatively. And the wheels on the bike go round and round. They don't make special bikes that are only for brand new. You can always get something used. So, yep, lots going on there. So you can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. And you want to talk about what we can talk about, money investing and more. So the market's fun to watch right now from a volatility standpoint. But it could be a little bit of a roller coaster. So make sure you're looking at your allocations, your assets. Um, try to figure out exactly, you know, what your stomach for risk is. I think that's important. The situation in San Francisco is sinking skyscrapers so dire that condos are selling for a million under asking. I know you're saying, what was the ask on it? See, that's the kicker. Six million in March 2017 gets discounted a million. It doesn't sound as bad. Would you live in the Millennium Tower? It's safe to occupy, but residents are leaving. They've got a plan to short up and fix it. That could be a that could be a crazy turnaround investment. Yeah. You can find me at robloxshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.